today we're going to talk about SEO and BizDev. Did you want to focus on one of the two topics or we can talk about both? What did you, what did you have in mind? Honestly, I had no idea what we were talking about, so I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> uh, I can talk about either way, either one. I've been doing both for a very, very, very long time. So, uh, so don't get gray in your beard for nothing. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about fitness today. <laughs> talk about that too. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I posted a video about exercise and you have a uh, exercise regimen that you're following. Are you doing that strictly, or is it something that you're doing kind of occasionally to stay fit? So it's um, one of my coaching clients. So I coach business owners and one of them runs a facility and they follow that model, which is called empowered strength. And so it's a newer model to me. It's very focused on kettlebells, very heavily focused on kettlebells and kettlebell movements, but uh, their staff is extremely well-educated. Um, they're very harsh. And so it's an interesting methodology that they take people through. So I've been working with him as a client. And one of the things he talked me into is he said, look, you're my coach but I want to coach you too. So I want you to come to my facility so you can really experience it. And I fell in love with it. I've been in the fitness, I've been actually coaching people in one way, shape or form since 1995, if you can believe that. So I've done seemingly everything in the fitness industry and this was a newer realm for me. Um, and it's been great, you know, his business is flourishing and he gets to torture me a couple times a week. So uh, that's fun. It works out well, yeah. I, I get to torture you a little bit with questions, but honestly, you, you're too good at answering them. <laughs> I can't, can't make you enough. I'll, I'll, I'm sure you can come up with something. Let me just give you the floor. If you want to start with some topics, um, maybe some experiences or some projects that you have recently, some lessons, some tips that you'd like to share, and then we'll take it from there. If we have questions from the audience, we'll take those. Um, there was actually already one that was posted on the event, so I'll pull that one up. but. What do you have in mind when you're talking about SEO and BizDev? What's really important? What really moves the needle for entrepreneurs and businesses? I think the biggest thing that I see is a confusion point. So first of all, one of the things is I own two digital marketing agencies. So I'm not saying that to impress, but to impress upon people watching this is I just get to see a lot of marketing all the time. And I can see the kind of behind the curtain with a lot of businesses, both small, medium, and well, I guess it's three, small, medium, and large, but more on the medium size scale. Um, and one thing I see that most marketing departments are missing is everybody seems to be running towards, and they're starting to slow down towards Facebook advertising as the end all be all. You're only one funnel away. You'll hear that all the time. And uh, really the truth is you're only one funnel away from testing another funnel. And that's only one compartment. So when I look at SEO, so search engine optimization, I think Facebook's a search engine, YouTube, Amazon, et cetera. But when I look at a search engine as a whole from a marketing perspective, I look at that as you're having a potential customer raising his or her hand saying, hey, look at me, look at me. I have a problem and I'm searching for a solution. Whereas Facebook ads for the most part, and I like them, by the way, we rerun them and we do really well with them. Um, and I run my own personal ones. So, but Facebook ads, you're trying to find somebody in the moment, capture them, emotionally inspire them and go, oh yeah, I have that problem. And then they go through that whole cycle that they already probably went through by searching, right? And so it's cold marketing. And then I think SEO is a little bit more of a warm market. And, you know, I'll just tell people here, it's gotten cheaper and you're really missing the mark if you're not doing it very well or not doing it at all. It's worth the investment in my opinion. 
So what's involved in doing some SEO work? And we've done some work together on some on some project, but maybe for people watching this, they don't know exactly what we've done, what you've done. What, what are the key components to good SEO? <laughs> what are the key components to happiness? Uh, <laughs> 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 right? It, there's so much that's involved. SEO has changed. And you know the first key component is realizing that if you're not in the field, everything you know about SEO is probably wrong. And I don't say that to sound like a jerk, but it just changes so much. And I hear it so often, even talking to other agencies, uh, it just happens to be where I kind of got, uh, you know, my, my, my steps, I guess, or my feet in, in digital marketing was through SEO, um, well, actually was secondary. But the key step one is always develop content and solutions for the end customer first, then do SEO second. So I see people try to do two things. One is I'm developing great content. Why isn't anybody finding me? Well, they can't because you haven't made awareness a, pro a priority. And that's where SEO comes in. The second thing I talk to people of our SEO is great, but their bounce rate is through the roof. And so bounce rates a really important metric is how, how many people percentage wise are coming to your website or, or whatever asset you have and then leaving quickly. So with search engine optimization, one of the critical aspects is aspects with all marketing is getting into your client's head and then figuring out what their problems are and then really coding your site in such a way. And I use coding very loosely, right? It can be terms and words, uh, but coding your site in such a way that you're putting as many indicators as possible to whatever search engine you're on when someone's searching that your asset is a solution or a topic around that problem or conversation. So that means that you really know, you really need to know your customers really well and their problems, their situation, what they're experiencing. So it really stems from there. It starts there. Oh yeah. It's marketing 101, right? And, and it, we all forget that or we often forget that, you know, right? We, we think our idea is the best and we know and, and what have you. And we've kind of, a lot of business owners have gotten away, even marketers gotten away from the idea of really stepping into the client's shoes and understanding the emotional reason why they do what they do. <clears throat> you know, you go, you take martial arts for more than re one reason of just taking martial arts uh, for you as anything. Like there's other underlying reasons and benefits that you get out of that. And so if I can figure out what those real reasons you started martial arts, whatever they may be, and I can figure out why you're still doing it, and I can speak to those reasons even better than you know them, then I've got you, right? Now I can start you know, selling you kick pads or something. I don't know, but um, something along those lines. And then of course you have JSON coding, right? You have schema.org coding, you have meta tags, H1 tags, you have all the technical aspects that go with SEO and kind of the nerdy things as I call them um, that programmers take care of. But you know, you really need to make sure you're having a holistic plan even with just in SEO. Good, let's go to a question we have from one of the members of the group, so Adrian. Asked, what offsite effort has the biggest impact on organic ranking, no matter the quality of the site? It's a big question, Adrian. Um, <laughs> so, what offsite? Huh. So you said I can't be stumped. No, but I would say um, what offsite? There's so many things. Getting getting found in the news, right? So getting. I, I'm just going to use that as. I'll do a couple of them. One is getting picked up by a news agency because that off site is going to go on somebody else's site and it's going to have a high domain authority, right? So 
getting picked up by a newsworthy organization. So say it's the New York Times does an article on you or say it's ABC, NBC, CNN, whatever it may be, um, all of those things. Oh, you open me up. And then uh, I'm animated when I talk. So um, then after that, I would say speaking events. So public speaking really helps. Um, and the reason that helps, again, is if the organization you're speaking from, they are going to list you, you're going to get a backlink, but also people are probably going to come to your site and it's going to show relevance and traffic within a search. Um, that's offsite bringing it back on. And that's something that's going to be relevant. So when I look at SEO, we're looking at relevancy, um, really relevancy in the area. And now if it's geographic relevancy, that's another one. Um, so that's something we're always looking at. Is it relevant to the actual search criteria and are people staying? So I'll say getting traditional PR, like getting picked up by a big news agency would be the number one thing you can do. And then bringing that back online uh, with your call to action and speaking at events. Speaking at events has been great for me. Um, especially when I do something like I throw it in and say, hey, Matt, for everybody on here, just go to, you know, Doug Holt online forward slash bonus. There's nothing there, by the way. But um, so I'm making it up. But then I bring my audience over online. Hope that answers your question, Adrian, or helps. I think it does. You mentioned a few elements that, that uh, could be good offsite kind of promotion to bring people to your website. Uh, so what's the importance of combining both on-site and off-site? What's the synergy? How do you go both, uh, about doing both? Or sure. a strategy for both? It's going to be a different strategy for every business. And so I think they're both wildly important. You get narrow and big. And so <laughs> keep messing with me. I just look down and I see myself. I and, um, so I think it all comes with a strategy, right? And so what people don't tend to do is really develop a 90 day or one year marketing plan, right? They kind of say, hey, we're gonna do SEO. We're gonna do Facebook ad. Like when, when do you do them? What's that timing? Again, getting back into that ideal customer. How does it relate? What promotional aspects are there? You know, we've just had a couple of religious holidays. Can you do something in your business around those that brings people back online, that brings awareness around your business. Maybe it applies to you, maybe it doesn't. We have holidays are coming up. There's holidays in the States or in Canada where you are, Matt, that you can use. You can do out external promotions. Um, you can do direct mail mailers. That might be something that you might wanna do. So every business is gonna be a little different, but either way, you need to be calendaring this out. And that's, to me, is probably one of the most important things. So how detailed would you go in the plan? Would you really go week by week or by quarter, kind of the things, the elements that you want to do? What's the, the strategy in terms of details for the plan? So again, it's going to, it's all dependent on the company. We always do something different. Um, but for probably most of the viewers here, I'm going to guess from watching a lot of these um, and being a participant, for most people, it's really going to have a one-year generalized calendar. Like, hey, let's get the calendar out for one year. And let's put the big things that we know are going to happen. I know we're going to launch a new product in May. Great. Now we can back into that. I know that something's going to happen at the end of July. So mark those big things out. And then what I do with my staff is we actually mark out all the calendar holidays, the big ones, um, in any country we're doing marketing in. So we actually have big holidays in most countries. And so we look at those and how can we bring those into the fray? And then we back them into 90 day marketing plans that are very detailed, right? So how do we get them to 90 days right in front of me? I actually have a 120 day calendar that I use often. Um, so I'll go up there kind of like the whiteboard behind me. I have whiteboards everywhere. Um, I'm always like a mad scientist writing these things in, but with 90 days that gives me enough forward thinking vision, but also enough time to pivot whenever I want to. 
Are you familiar with the, what's it called? It's a book that I just got exposed to. It's called The 12 Week uh, Year. I have heard of that. I've never read it though. I probably yeah, should. I, yeah, I just got the, the, I just found the summary. I didn't actually uh, read the book, but it was an interesting concept that you were bringing down the year to month, uh, to, to, sorry, to three months, and then each week was basically the equivalent of about a month. And then each day is about a week. I mean, it's not exactly that, but so you're tracking more closely your progress. So I'm, I'm assuming that in your marketing plan, you're going to track your progress throughout the year as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. We track it daily, weekly, monthly, then yearly. So for my coaching clients, when I do, when I coach clients, I take them through what's called, I call it a 90 day game. We take nine, this is off topic a little bit, but going to the book you're talking about, and this is not my original idea. It's just ideas that I've taken and just tweaked and built something for my coaching clients that works and I actually have it. So I'm happy to send it to you, but um, the 90 day game and then gamifying it, right? How do you gamify those goals? And you can gamify any KPIs in a business. So if it's, how do I raise more awareness around my AMAs? Like you can gamify that and make that fun, or you could stress out about the numbers. You have two options here. Like, what are you going to do and how are you going to set those goals? And if you set goals two years from now, it's almost too far out of reach for most people to really go after and things are going to change, right? Facebook's going to change. We see Facebook's algorithm change all the time. Bunch of huge, huge advertisers dropped Facebook, what, a couple weeks ago because of the security breach. So that changes everything. Ad prices change, right? Availability, real estate changes on Facebook. And that's just one example. So by having that 90 day game and reviewing every week, especially, and I call it the you know weekly review. I do mine on Sunday. In fact, it's funny because I have it right here. You know, I do them all. I do them all the time, and you because you forget. You know, and you if you're trying to get better, it's about steering the ship and making sure that you're on course. Okay, you're mentioning Facebook and the app prices going up, and you know security breaches and all that stuff. But assuming that advertising will move to maybe another platform, or you know that things evolve and change from and go kind of from platform to platform. And, it all changes around based on people's sentiment about you know the results, the ROI of investing in that platform. I guess. Um, what do you see the future trend being? Maybe Facebook phasing out, or is that going to remain kind of the main force for advertising along with AdWords? Or do you see some other platforms maybe coming up, or some other ways to gain traction and get new customers? Yeah. So first of all, I'm going to correct. I think Facebook's actually going to get temporarily cheaper because big advertisers pulled their budget and I think Facebook needs to attract more people. And like you typically, a lot of businesses do, I think it eventually will get too crowded. I think it was actually too crowded, um, comparatively to what it used to be when we first started doing advertising, Facebook's going to be around, they're going to figure it out and they're going to solve the problem. Um, and people are addicted, you know, we're addicted to Facebook, <laughs> just what it is. Uh, but yeah, new companies are going to keep coming up and new companies are becoming relevant. We at the agency level, so at the agency level, I'm brought in for strategy and I do some of the higher level conversations. And then one of the things I do, some of my coaching clients, I take equity in their company, right? I come on as basically an advisor for them as a mentor. And what I see for them is I get asked time and time again, more and more about LinkedIn. People are getting more and more interested about LinkedIn and how to do it with B2B, but also B2C. And we're seeing LinkedIn evolve. If you've been on LinkedIn lately, it looks like Facebook Lite, you know, it's it's more social. People are sharing more of the pictures of their dogs and their babies and 
and things like that. And you share, you share announcements about the AMAs on there and what you're up to. And I, I think you're going to start seeing more and more people picking up on LinkedIn. I would be shocked if there isn't microsites versions of LinkedIn that pop up and some kind of big competitor comes into the field. I know a lot of people have tried and unsuccessfully, but uh, I, there's definitely going to be a multitude of other social platforms. But Facebook's going to keep taking mar market share. And I think Facebook is trying to create an internet and uh, they're trying to keep you on their platform and they're doing a good job of it. Is it possible, and that's something that I discussed with two guys in another, uh, in a different AMA, but on LinkedIn, just a detail, but when you're sharing a YouTube video, I think that now maybe it's a, maybe we have a different version, maybe they're updating the, the profiles at a different speed, but uh, when you're sharing a YouTube video, now it brings that uh, user that clicks on the video to YouTube, and when you're uploading a YouTube, uh, uh, sorry, video natively into LinkedIn, then it keeps you in the feed. Is that accurate? Yeah, you know, I think it always keeps you in the feed now. Um, I'd have okay. to double check because I'm not, I, I'm not, I haven't looked at it. I, haven't sh I try not to share YouTube videos because, you know, the, the engagement is less and less, right? Because they don't want to show Facebook the same thing. They, they want you to show Facebook videos. The reason we're doing a Facebook Live, most likely, originally, that the concept is it's on the platform. You get more engagement because it's Facebook's you know, technology. Facebook's going to give you more algo love um, and show it to more people. So LinkedIn's going to do the same thing. They want to keep everybody on their platform so they can sell more ads. And so when you take a step back and you think, okay, if I own LinkedIn, I want to sell ads. That's how I make money and that on premium memberships right, but mainly on selling advertising, then how do I sell more ads? Well, I get more people on here. How do I get more people on here? Keeping people here. So it's engagement. So you see that more and more. It's really interesting. LinkedIn, LinkedIn does hashtags right now, right? So the funny thing is, I this is a couple weeks ago, but I, I sent an email to somebody who was asking about coach the coaching services I offer. And I said, oh, you know, typical coaching questions, like what's the, well, what's the number one problem you're facing right now? And they replied, I can't click the link. The link takes me to weird things. I'm like, what do you, I didn't even put a link in there. It's ridiculous. Hashtag one. It was a hashtag and it took them to all the, anything in LinkedIn that had, you know, hashtag number one, right? So that was the day I discovered that LinkedIn was using hashtags to do it. So you gotta be a little careful. So now I have to space that out. But, so it's interesting. They're trying, obviously they're testing new things. They're testing out hashtags. And so these are things that we're using as marketers. As soon as I saw that, of course, I called my team and, and said, like, look, we got to test this and see how well it works. What hashtags are trending? Which ones can our clients use? Uh, and which ones can we use internally to grow our base and grow our awareness? So I think you're going to see LinkedIn constantly change and constantly evolve. I think you're going to see a lot more people move from Facebook to LinkedIn, and it's going to be a hybrid of social business. How do you think that LinkedIn, in terms of cost, will compare with Facebook and let's say YouTube for advertising? Now, yeah. now it's most expensive. Right now, LinkedIn's the most expensive advertising on social platforms by far. So much so that a lot of businesses avoid it. And I think that's where you know <clears throat> I'll just add this in on my rant because I had coffee before we got on this. Is uh, one of the problems I think businesses think about? They're like, oh, LinkedIn's expensive. Well, it's only expensive if you don't know your cost per acquisition for your clients. You're not factoring that in. So if you're selling a $5,000 widget and it costs you, you know, 
$300 to get a client on LinkedIn, probably worthwhile, right? Is it more expensive? Yeah, maybe you could have gotten cheaper advertising on Facebook or Twitter, but maybe you wouldn't have gotten a sale. I think a lot of business owners could, you know, and marketing people, they forget that, that really at the end of the day, for most businesses is what's that cash flow look like? What's the cost per acquisition? And how's that working out? If you're getting sales and it's making you money and it makes sense from a business standpoint, you, you would do it all day. Makes sense. So you have to do the math, you have to look at the numbers and see oh, yeah. what the return investment for the investment for LinkedIn versus Facebook. So you need to have some budget to invest into you know, testing out different platforms, seeing what works. And sometimes I guess you, you need to take a guesstimate and try one platform and you know, give it a try and see if, it, if it's going to work, even if you can't try all of them to the amount that you'd like to, but yeah. have to take a chance. Yeah, you pick one, pick one where you like, again, let's think who your ideal customer is and where are they? So if I'm going after uh, Matt, the martial artist, you know, the first place I'm not going is Pinterest. I'm not probably going Twitter. I'm going to Facebook, right? He's probably on there first. You know, so I'm going to test that. Once I find something that works, I'm going to go to that well, right? Then it's just like pouring gasoline on a fire with ads, right? That's the only thing you do with ads is you just add more money. That's your gasoline. Then with some of that budget, I'm going to scrape away. I'm going to do a three-week test or a two-week test on another platform, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever, and see how that works and keep testing. And I do those testing in, in very ideally synchronized segments where I can watch and see what's happening uh, and keep doing that. I mean, paid ads, the whole idea of paid ads, it's, it's quick, hot traffic. It's what I call crash diet marketing, you know, because you're really just crash dieting. It's not sustainable unless you keep paying. And that's the end of the day. So at that point, you, what you really want to do is find something that works. So you can just pour money on it, gasoline, keep using that analogy. So the fire keeps burning. And otherwise you're just going, you're literally burning through money instead of actually getting new customers and clients. You talked a little bit about bounce rates earlier in this uh, AMA. Can you give maybe some tips or some ideas as to how you can reduce your bounce rate when people stay, stay to your page a little bit more? Yeah, have better content. <laughs> the two big things that we, that was a lot of them actually, but a couple things that we see with bounce rates is page speed. That's a big one, right? Because what's the, Matt, what's, I'll ask you, and this is like one of those rhetorical questions, right? If you're on your phone and you load up a restaurant or something else and it takes a while to load, what do you do? You get, yeah, I usually browse back and find another one. Everybody does. And for some reason, as business owners or marketers, we forget. Like, oh, yeah, but my clients don't do that. Like, BS. <laughs> They're probably leaving faster than we do. And so page speed's huge, right? And that's going to count for bounce rate, right? So if it's loading slow, I'm on there, and it's like, yeah, I'm out. Second thing is having quality content on there. And so you use that typical kind of marketing analogy where, you know, you really are trying to, it's almost like dating, right? You ask somebody out for coffee, then you, you, know, you take them to lunch, then you take them to dinner, then you take them to the club, and then you, you know, then you marry them, right? One of those kind of scenarios of the seduction scenario where most people on Facebook, when I'm on there looking at my cat videos or whatever that I'm searching for on Facebook, and I see these things that people are just trying to sell me. I don't know who they are. They're trying to sell me stuff. They're trying to sell me marketing. They're trying to sell me, you know, the, the best one is, you know, how to make seven figures with your, you know, your fitness business, how to make, how to close eight figure clients. And you look at the people, you're like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. And 
I don't even know who you are. It's just ridiculous. There's no seduction methodology and there's the same thing can be applied with the website. And the third thing is something you and I talk about, which is that kind of story brand idea of making your client the actual hero and talking to them and drawing them in. SEO helps get them there, but then it's traditional marketing, copywriting, imagery that helps keep them there. Story Brand is a book that I definitely enjoyed. I think there's a lot of uh, gold nuggets in there. What sort of uh, basic components to what they're preaching or what they're talking about in that book would you recommend that people consider or try to implement or maybe just read the book and then all of them. do the rest <laughs> for the business? Do all of them. Uh, it's a great book. If you're familiar with the hero's journey, which uh, Joseph Campbell wrote a book called The Power of Myth, this guy basically took that and put it to marketing. And so, and, and you look at it, you know, and I've been doing this for such a long time and I read, I read that book and I think I told you I was reading it. I remember how you and I started talking about it. Maybe you recommended it actually. I think you brought it up that you were reading yeah. um, in our conversations. So full transparency, I've hired Matt a couple times. He's amazing, hire him. He actually is great. Uh, unpaid testimonial right here. Oh, uh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> unpaid right now. <laughs> I'm expecting that check now. In all seriousness, you are great. And then in our conversation, uh, you had mentioned the story brand book and I hadn't heard of it or maybe I don't even, anyway, I got it. I read it, went through it multiple times. My whole team's gone through it at this point. Uh, mutual contact of ours, Eric also talked to him about it. So in uh, going through it, when I looked at it, I was like, oh, this is so obvious. I went back to all of our websites that I own internally. And if you've been in marketing field, you own more and more websites than you care to admit. And I was like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> I've been doing the wrong things. During, and, and you know, you make it all about you. So the, is learn the hero's journey is the first step, right? And put your client as the hero and not you. And I found on a couple of our websites, we were talking about all of our certifications which I'm very proud of, all the education my staff has, which I'm very proud of, clients just didn't care. And I realized that. I was like, wow, I didn't talk about their problems enough and put that front and center. We have a question from uh, Jonathan Silverstein here. Oh, so I'm gonna show it on the screen. Are these separate definitions for story brand, good content and user experience? It's a good question, Jonathan. Oh, Jonathan always has great questions. So for me, the story brand is really the key with that is First, going into the client's head and really describing what the client's looking for. Like in other words, presenting from the brand perspective, the website itself, putting from their perspective, exactly getting to their head and, and identifying their problems before they even knew it, right? Here's your problem, painting it very clearly. And to me, a great story brand goes a little bit further and it talks about the problems that the person's not directly looking at, right? So for example, you know, my problem is inside of my business that I'm stressed and I'm worried that I'm taking that home. Like where other areas can I talk about that and make sure that I understand that client's journey. Now user experience to me, the definition is really making sure that once the person is on your website or whatever asset you have, the experience is good. So page speed, they're able to quickly find what they're looking for and they're able to quickly be able to ascertain what the next steps or calls to action are. And then good content is just that. It's content that people find value from more than anything else. Now, obviously from an SEO perspective, it's very important because you need people to find the content. But once they find it, 
you can use some of that story brand methodology. And I use it a lot when I write content, which is pretty rare, but when I still write content, I really want to drive that home. So I want to make people have that experience that they're with me, you know? And we all know a good storyteller, and I'm not a great storyteller by any means, but that person that talks and they, they get you in their experience and they talk about, you know, when I was riding on my horse and the sun was really beating down on me and they go into those little details, that's a good, to me, that's great content if it can deliver the value on top of it. Let's talk a little bit about Jonathan because, as you know, he has a, he's the CEO of a company called Mobile First and they have a product called Mobilizer, which I had the chance to test out and review. And it was really interesting because they test out your website on actual mobile devices. So you should, it's not an emulator, right? You, you see the actual result on different iPhones and Android phones and tablets. Um, so what's your, what, what's the importance of having a fully responsive kind of website? Um, what's the importance of that? And how do you go about, uh, well, maybe some tips to make sure that your user experiences will go to mobile? Cool, so two questions, I'll take them in order. First question, uh, how important is it? Monumental. I mean, Google almost never comes out with official announcements, as most people know. And they came with an official announcement in February saying, hey, if your site isn't not only mobile friendly, but fast enough, we're not gonna show you, we're not gonna show your website to your potential customers and clients. Hey, you know, meet our standards. And besides that, right? Just even SEO, if I know your website, so if I know sales for you, if I go to sales for you and it's not loading on my phone, I'm out of there, I'm gone. Like today's attention span is ridiculous. I mean, you're replying to people right now when we're in the live <laughs> to conversation. Uh, it's just, that's the way of the world. People aren't gonna wait for your mobile site to load. I don't care how good your product is, how good your service is, they're not gonna do it. They're gonna go on to your customer. And then you're gonna complain that the, the market, the economy's bad, the political climate's bad, et cetera, et cetera, when the truth is somebody's getting your business. And a lot of that has to do with mobile. So we lead a lot with a very mobile first mindset. And then I would go over and go to Jonathan's website and get your site tested, right? Especially if you have an e-commerce type platform, get it actually tested so you can see where you're dropping off, how things are going. And something you said, Matt, that's really important is it an emulator or a simulator? And that's gonna be a big difference as you probably experienced there. Uh, and so going through there, making sure that the user experience, so the, the experience the user has going through their user journey is top notch. You know, I was on a site today, it drove me absolute nuts is because on a mobile device, the text got scrunched and it was writing over each other and I couldn't click the button to go next. And I couldn't complete it. Now this was somebody trying to get me to pay them, and I was happy to pay them. You know, I've, when I've experienced, I, I'm like, if, I, if someone does service for me, I want to pay them right away. I love it. It's a big. It's a way I show gratitude, and I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I was so frustrated. Um, I I exed out of it, and I haven't even now. I've just been in meetings. I haven't paid them yet. Uh, and it's exact, a perfect example of what you're talking about. The mobile experience just straight up sucked. <laughs> My mentor, Scott, uh, often mentioned to me that it's really important to look at how easy to buy that you are, or that your business or services are. So you need to, yeah, you need to make yourself or your products or services easy to buy. No obstacles or reduce the obstacles as much as possible. So because if someone wants to pay you and you're putting obstacles in their way, then it, it, you know, it's a shame because you're going to make less money and prevent some people from actually want, buying from you. 
Yeah. Well, in traditional service sales, <clears throat> this is off topic, but I'll bring it back. So some of the top people and a couple of them are my clients, what they do is before you walk into their office, so one I'm thinking of right now is one of the most, is a very well-known financial advisor. Many people would know who that is. But if you went to sit down with him, he would already have the papers and contract in front of you and a pen clicked, you know, ready. So all you have to do is talk briefly, pick it up and sign. Like he makes it that simple for somebody to do business with them. And then we come into this technology age where we have things like Jonathan's uh, company coming in and people, you know, if you don't use it, you're missing out. You're like the guy that's like, oh, wait, you want to do business with me? Okay, let me go across the street, get some paper and some ink for the printer. I'll be back, you know, and then I'll go ahead and get the contract ready. You just wait here. It just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Uh, we have the last question here and then we're going to have to wrap up. But uh, from Jonathan, so you're, you're a better storyteller than you think. Fair to say it's all UX, user experience. Yeah, it, it's definitely all user, all user experience. Absolutely. It's just what stage of that user experience are you going into? Um, and that's the critical aspect. And you've got to hit all three layers. I mean, you said, great. I think they are differentiating, but they all are user experience at the end of the day. Awesome. Thanks for the compliment. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> yeah, and uh, thank you, uh, Jonathan, for you know being part of this live AMA. I mean, the whole goal of this of these AMAs is to engage the BGG community, right? So the, most of the people that I've interviewed, as well as some other some other entrepreneurs that I accepted into the group that I thought were you know relevant and experienced and could bring some value to the group as well. So I want to you know I want us to sort of help each other and and you know nurture this community together and bring value to each other's business. If that makes sense. So. So what are your last thoughts, uh, maybe call to action, um, some wrapping, concluding comments for, for this topic? So for the topic of SEO, uh, get a website audit, get at least one. And um, if you reach out to Matt, I'm happy to have my team give you one or reach a comment below. We're happy to do it on behalf of anybody in this community, no charge. Um, that's one. Two is, you know, go over and see what you're, we were talking about mobile. Go to Jonathan's website, which is, uh, mobilefirst.com. Uh, I'm sure maybe Jonathan could put it below because I can't, or maybe Matt can, uh, and, and check it out. If you have an e-commerce site, especially, you need to do this because you're leaving money on the table. And the third and final thing I would leave here is get outside of your own thinking, right? In other words, what I'm saying is not just think outside the box, but remember that your client is in a different situation than you are. And oftentimes we can't see the forest from the trees, so to speak, when we're business owners. So step outside and get different perspectives and go through your experience like a client would have, go through it. Go on your mobile device, try to buy something from your company, try to contact your company. How many times the phone ring? Like what's going on with your business and really understand it. I audit myself all the time. And uh, Doug, which website would you like me to put for you? Brandon Innovation or Doug Holt? Not sure if that's the new version of it is ready yet. New version's not ready. Um, sorry, Matt, I'm behind schedule. <laughs> Matt, again, that's what I hired Matt to help me out with, and he did an amazing job. So thank you. It's, it's me that's behind schedule here. Uh, so either website, I'm easy to find on social media. That's probably the easiest place to reach out to me personally. Web marketing, obviously, brandedinnovation.com. I have a personal blog slash website that I haven't really kept up, hence hiring Matt um, to give me some some rough feedback, which was much needed. Uh, yeah. Yep. 
Sorry about that. There we go. But hold on. So that's it for me in terms of questions. And I think uh, it's great that, you know, Jonathan asked some questions and Adrian, you know, that that's what I'm really looking forward to is more and more engagement and comments and participation from us, you know, from the group and trying to help us to grow as business owners and entrepreneurs. So, you know, the, the more you ask and the more you participate, the better it is. And it's also going to encourage me to keep going and keep doing these. And Doug, you've been fantastic. Thank you so much for doing what this uh, third, maybe, Amy. I don't know how many we've done so far, but you've done a, a few of them. So thank you so much. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks, Matt. Have a wonderful day. You too. Take care. Bye.